This morning we're going to be in John chapter 14, so if you have your Bible, you can go ahead and go there. And we're going to continue a series that we started last week called Home. Um, to be honest, I don't really know how many weeks this is going to go. It could be the last week, um, could be one of 12, I have no idea. Um, didn't even really know that we were going to do it today uh, when we started last week, but but we are. Uh, we're going to start today in John 14, but... This series, Home, is a series talking about heaven. Um, I know that maybe sounds weird because we don't do that a whole lot anymore, right? Um, but I got a text message the other day, and, and somebody was just asking me questions about heaven. I know that probably we all have questions about heaven. Somebody asked me the other day, are animals going to be in heaven? And I was like, I don't know, but Jesus comes back on a horse. So, I mean, he had to get it from somewhere, and he's coming from heaven. So probably at least there's one horse. I don't know. Um, but, you know, probably. Um, but... There are some things the Bible's pretty clear on about heaven, and those are the things that we're going to talk about. Um, I was raised in church. I don't know if that's true for everybody. Hopefully not, to be honest, because it brings a lot of baggage along the way and and messes you up. Um, (laughs) It really does. Um, No amens. Awesome. Uh, Maybe just me. Uh, I'm just messed up. You're great. Um, But um, I don't know if I can recover for that. Sorry. Um, I'm being mean-spirited. Help me, God. Um, well, he grew up. <laughs> I grew up in church, and and I heard uh, about heaven like every Sunday, like from the time I started till I was about eleven, and then kind of moved churches, and and that kind of changed a little bit. We sang songs about heaven, and we talked about heaven, and they read about heaven, and sometimes they would even not read about heaven, and we would end up talking about heaven. Uh, it was just weird. We talked about heaven all the time, and uh, and I'm not saying that's like an amazing thing, but what I do know is that I grew up in a church of people that longed for heaven. Like, we would sing songs about it, and they'd be crying, and I didn't get it. I had no idea. Um, I, I thought maybe kind of before I got saved that it was because I wasn't saved, and then I thought after I got saved it's because I'm a little bit away from it maybe. Um, but anyway, I, di- I didn't really understand it. But I feel like as a church we've lost that longing, don't you? Like, we don't talk about it anymore. Maybe those two things kind of coincide, but... What I do know is that in the Word of God, like we talked about last week, it shows the people of God should long to be in heaven with God. And, and we're going to kind of finish that thought this morning in, in John 14. In John 14, it's a verse you guys have heard probably a million times, like uh, in my Father's house there are many whatever words you want to put there, right? Um, but Jesus kind of comes into chapter 14 from this moment in in 13 of what we would know as the last supper right this moment where jesus gathered around with his disciples and they shared like one final meal just a few hours before he's going to be nailed to the cross and in that moment he did some amazing things he washed the disciples feet that's weird like the creator of the universe look at colossians if you don't know what i'm talking about the creator of the universe actually stooped all the way down and, and washed the dirty feet of man that's amazing after he did that, he kind of proceeded through this meal, and then during the meal, he, he said these weird words that kind of caught everybody off guard. He said, somebody that's eaten with me today, dipping their bread in the bowl with me today, is going to betray me. Isn't it crazy in that moment? Everybody didn't go, oh, it's probably Judas. I knew he was a bad guy. I knew Judas was such a loser. Nobody did that, right? They were all like, who's it going to be? I just can't, I cannot imagine that. And then after that, Jesus says some kind of crazy words to the disciples. He, he looks at them, 
And he says in 33, children, I am with you a little while longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews where I am going, you cannot come. So now I tell you, and he says some stuff. And Can you imagine hearing this as the disciples? Twelve guys who have left everything, right, to follow Jesus three and a half years. Some of these guys had a lot of wealth, like Matthew, tax collector, right? Some of these guys had their own business, fishing. It's good. They left their families, they left their livelihoods, they left their homes, and for three and a half years, they walked around with Jesus, sleeping wherever he did, and eating wherever he did, and doing whatever he did, and they witnessed some amazing things. And over that time, you spend every day with somebody for three and a half years, you're pretty good friends, right? They developed this relationship with Jesus where they were his best friends, and he was their best friend, and then Jesus says to them, hey, I'm leaving. Bye. And they come back with, but I, <laughs> I'll go with you. I've been everywhere else with you for three and a half years. He's like, not this time. Can you imagine hearing that? <laughs> Hold up, wait. <laughs> not part of the plan, right? That's not what I signed up for. Like three and a half years ago when you said, hey, come follow me. And I left the boat and the net. And the, I, I thought that was a lifetime deal right there. And then, like, I didn't even know who you were then, and then I saw you, like, healing people and, and, and calling people up out of graves and, and all that crazy stuff, and I, I don't even know how to survive now. That was not what I signed up for. I left my family, I left my friends, I left my fortune, like, I left everything to come after you. What do you mean I cannot go with you? In that moment, you can just sense, like, confusion, Right? No, that's not the deal. Fear, probably. I can't go back to the boat after this. I can't just, go, I can't just walk back in the tax office and be like, I want my job back. Like, that's not going to work. Some of their families probably like, I don't know why you're following that guy around. Don't come back here anymore. I can't go back to that. Fear, what am I going to do now? Heartache. Why are you leaving us? And this is the moment that we enter into chapter 14 on. And I think sometimes we forget in, in the Bible, like these are real people and these events really happen and there are real feelings. And a lot of times they're speaking out of these feelings. And, and into this moment of fear and hurt and heartache and confusion and trouble, Jesus says these words in 14. Your heart must not be troubled. I'm leaving. You can't come. But I just want you to know right now, like, you don't need to fear, is what he's saying. You don't need to worry. You don't, you don't need to doubt. You, you don't need to struggle with this. You, you don't need to feel like everything's falling apart. You, you don't need to be troubled right now. Isn't that helpful when you're going through a lot and somebody comes pat you on the back and you're like, oh, don't worry about it. It'll be fine. <laughs> it's good, right? It's what I always want. It's awesome. So helpful. Uh, it's like, oh, I never thought of that. I'm just going to quit worrying right now. That's amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise him. Right? He says, your heart must not be troubled. And then he follows it up with, believe in God. Believe also in me. This word believe uh, is 
kind of a confusing word right here because they're like, well, I obviously believe in God. Thank you very much, Jesus. I, I like was a Jewish person and I did the whole Jew thing and then you come along and I followed you and I even said you were the son of God, so you can't be the son of God if I don't believe there's a God, right? Like that's not a possibility. So believing is not necessarily going to help me and I believe that you uh, are, are my friend and I believe that you're Jesus and I believe you heal people and I believe you call people out of tombs. I believe all that stuff. Believing not necessarily is the helpful moment in here, but luckily for us, that's not a very good translation of that word. What that word believe would actually mean, look it up later, I'm not lying to you, is trust in God and trust also in me. What, what he's saying is, here, here's, here's the deal, um, belief is not going to be enough. Could we just get there? Some of you are like, oh, he said that. I'm kicking him out. Like, oh, can't believe he said belief is not enough. Belief's not enough. If I believe the stage is on fire, yet I stand here on it, like it doesn't really do much for me, right? Oh, I, I smell the smoke, and I believe it, but I'm not going to respond to that. That doesn't do anything for you. Some of you are like, oh, I said a prayer one time. I believe in Jesus. Well, that's great. If it didn't change anything, and your prayer wasn't actually anything because you didn't really believe anything. It's not an intellectual thing today. What he's saying here is, is a deeper word than believe. It's like this personal trust. And what he's saying here is don't just believe in God, but trust in God. Trust in God's plan is what he's saying. Yeah, I'm going away. I'm, I'm leaving. I've done everything that I've been here to do, and I'm kind of taking off on the planet here in a little bit, and I'm going to go into heaven. It's going to be an amazing thing for me and really for you. And what I need you to do instead of worrying and doubting and fearing and struggling and all that stuff is just trust that God knows what he's doing. And trust that I do too. I know it's hard to hear. I know it's struggle. I know it's heartache. And I know, I know like we're close friends and I don't really want to leave you and you don't really want to leave me, but it's the plan of God and I'm trusting in God and I need you to come around behind me and you trust in that too. And then you trust in me. Let not your heart be troubled. And then he follows it up with like the recipe for not letting your heart be troubled, right? See, the reality of it is, this, this is a moment that applies to the disciples in this moment, but it's a moment that applies to all of us at some point in time, right? There's, all, there's always hurt and heartache on this planet. It's going to happen. There's always struggle on this planet. There's always stuff that happens on this planet. It's part of being on this planet. It wasn't created that way. Genesis 1 through chapter 2, it was a great place, and then we screwed it up. And in that moment when we screwed it up, not only did like death come, and not only did separation come, but heartache, shame, guilt, all those things stepped onto the planet because of sin. When sin came, he brought a lot of friends. He brought, he brought like a boatload of friends. And that's what messes everything up. I just want you to know, the original seed that made heartache is sin. Luckily, God is really, really good at dealing with sin. And when he deals with sin on the cross, right, he took care of everything else. And what Jesus is saying in this moment to these guys is, I know it hurts, and I know it's confusing, and I know it's going to be rough. It is going to be rough because we're a few hours away from the cross. You're going to watch me bleed to death. You're going to watch them pierce me. You're going to watch them nail me. And everything in you is going to say, stop it. But I just want you to know... Um, that's part of the plan of God. You've got to trust. It hurts, and it's hard, and it's ugly. It's not pretty. The plan of God is often very, very difficult and very, very heartbreaking. It really is, but I want you to know at the end of the day, God knows what he's doing in a way that you don't know what you're doing, and I just need you to know, I'm going away. Don't freak out. You've got to trust in God. Trust he knows what he's doing, and trust in me. And then he says this to these guys. I'm still, like, caught up, right? I'm like, I'm like no, you're leaving, 
I do trust God. I do that. I do that. And I do, I do trust all that stuff that you said. I trust you, but, but you're leaving. You're, you're leaving me. You're leaving me. And then he just kind of blows by that, and he says this crazy thing. He says, and two, in my father's house, there are many dwelling places. Immediately after, he says, hey, trust in God and trust in me. He, he brings in this hope of heaven, right? Now, see, they don't know that at this moment. They're still like, you're leaving, and now you're talking about your dad's house, and I've never even met your dad. I don't really know what you're talking about. I don't know where his house is. They're going to go through this here in just a minute, and they're still caught up on your leaving. But Jesus, immediately after, he says, trust in me, throws in this hope of heaven. And he says these words to these guys. Let not your heart be troubled. Trust in God. Trust in me. In my Father's house... Right? There are many dwelling places. Some of you guys maybe have a translation that says mansions. Just cross that out. It's wrong. Uh, I've never seen a mansion inside of a house. Don't get mad at me. It's just not, it's just not real. If you don't want to go to heaven because you're not getting a mansion, go somewhere else. There's only two options. Uh, I'm going to still go with heaven. Um, but, but there's not a mansion inside of a house in heaven. That's not how it works. This word dwelling places is actually a word that means, if you have the Bible translation, that says rooms. In my father's house, there are many rooms. Heard people get super upset about that, like heaven's going to be less awesome because in your father's house, there are like, My God's house ain't no hotel. You've heard him say that. Um, yeah, it kind of is. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places, which means rooms. That's what Jesus says to these guys. You're like, how do, you, how do you know that's what it means? Well, Jesus was a Jewish man, right? True story. It really was. You can look it up. Um, Jesus was a Jewish man. And we don't really know a lot of Jewish tradition stuff because probably nobody in here is Jewish or ex-Jewish. I think we've had one guy that come through that was, and he's not here this morning. So, like, uh, you probably don't know this, but in Jewish tradition, when, when you're going to get married, the father would, would go to the bride's parents, and they would arrange, like, this marriage price. We'd go, and he would set this price up, and he would, he would pay that price. Sometimes the you know, years and years and years before it would even be time to get married and, and arrange marriages. They're awesome. Um, and, and they would set this thing up. And, and a lot of times the bride and the groom wouldn't even meet really until uh, until time for the wedding. But he would go set this thing up. And then after after the engagement was kind of completed, it, when, when time come, the, the, the groom would go home and he would build a kind of a room onto his father's house took a, a year or more sometimes and, and the groom didn't even really know when he was going back to get the bride he just he just would go home and he would prepare this room he would get everything ready and then when the father said go get your bride the the groom would go and get the bride and they would go back and they would move into the father's house in this room and they would stay there for a while we are the what of christ bride we're the bride of Christ. For, for those of us that know Christ Jesus, we're the bride of Christ. And when he's saying here that in my Father's house there are many rooms, what he's saying is uh, I've purchased you, right? He's about to anyway, and the story he has for us. And I'm going to leave. And I'm going to go. He's going to say this in a minute. I'm going to go, and I'm going to get a place ready for you at my Father's house. I'm going to the Father's house. I have to go away. I have to leave. I know it's hard, but I have to leave. And I'm going to go away, and I'm going to get a place ready, and it's going to be an awesome place. You're not going to be disappointed that it's not a mansion, by the way. Um, and I'm going to build a room onto the very house of my father so that when you move in, you are actually becoming part of my father's family. You're leaving whatever you got here, and you're stepping into the family of my father, and you're not going to be down the street somewhere in some mansion. 
Wouldn't that be horrible? You're not going to be shoved in some corner of heaven because you were the bad kid, right? Like you're not going to be over here like at the gates kind of shoved in the wall in some like mansion. But you're going to leave this place and you're going to move actually into my father's house. You see the intimacy in that? See, I don't care that I'm not going to get a mansion. I don't even care what the room looks like. It can be one of those little Jewish houses, the mud stucco things, and I'm going to be fine. But what he's saying to these guys is don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me because the plan is like I'm going to go home. I'm going to go to the Father's house. And, and in my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. And what he's saying is there's enough room for all you guys. I'm going to go to the Father's house. I'm going I'm to go there. But I want you to know when I get there, there are enough rooms in my Father's house for all you guys. Yeah, Peter, there's a room for you, right? Like, yes, Bartholomew, nobody even knows who you are. There's a room for you. And all the other guys that nobody knows their names, right? But like all of you, there, there's space for you in my father's house is what he's saying. Hey, I just want you to know, don't freak out. Don't worry. Trust in the plan of God and trust in me. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. And he says this, if not, I would have told you. Isn't that crazy? If not, I would have said it already. If there was nothing after this, I would have told you. If there was no hope beyond this, I would, I would have told you years ago. I would have told you three and a half years ago when I showed up at the boat. I'd have been like, why don't you follow me until you die? There's nothing after that anyway. What do you have to lose? <laughs> why don't you follow me until you die? Like you just kind of turn into oblivion then, but it'll be a fun couple years. It'll be amazing. I'm going to do some cool stuff. Then you're just going to do whatever you do. See, the reality of it is Jesus follows this statement with this truth that there is something beyond this. And if it wasn't something beyond this, don't you think you would have talked about it before now? See, Jesus isn't trying to trick you into something. He's not like, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, come follow me. And at the end, we'll talk about what happens. When you get up there, I'll, I'll kind of share some secrets with you, let you know what's going to go on. It's not what he says. He's like, hey, there's something beyond this. There is hope beyond this. There's something else to the contract here. You come follow me, and, and, and then I want you to know what the end result of that. There are many rooms in my father's house, and I would have already told you if there was something different from that. If there were only so many, I would have told you. 120, whatever, 1,000. <laughs> if there were only so many people getting in, I would have already mentioned that, right? But there's a lot of rooms. And then he says, I'm going, here's, here's why I'm leaving, guys, just in case you weren't sure. I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And here it ties, right? In my father's house, there are many rooms. If it weren't so, I would have told you I'm going away to get it ready for you. Hours before the cross. Oh, yeah, they're going to kill me. It's going to be rough. I'm not excited necessarily about that part. There's going to be some heartache and heartbreak in that moment, and some of that's going to be from me because this is not going to feel good. But I just want you to know, like, I trust God. He has a plan, and you should too. Just trust me. You know me. Trust me. I trust him. I'm going away. Don't you get it yet? I'm going away to prepare a place for you. I'm leaving. The reason I'm not walking around this planet right now is because I'm going away to get somewhere ready for you. I'm going to make a space for you in my father's house. I'm going to get a room for you, reserved for you in the father's house. Isn't that amazing? 
Like you have a space, if you know Jesus, in the Father's house, in the very house of God. God's not like pushing you off to the side of heaven somewhere because you like barely scooted in because you're not really like a good person. You just kind of said a prayer and he saved you. He got tricked into having you, right? But like he's making a space for you right now in, in the Father's house. A place prepared by Jesus. Isn't that cool? And he says in verse 3, if I go away, if I do this, or maybe even when I do this, when I go away and prepare a place for you, he says, I will come back and receive you to myself. Oh, I'm going away to prepare a place, but don't be freaked out. I'm not going to just leave you here. I'm not just kind of saving you and dropping you off. I'm not just like, oh, come follow me, and, and, and maybe one day something will happen. Don't worry about it. Uh, he's like, I'm going to leave. And I'm going to make a place, a spot in the Father's house for you. But don't be freaked out because I'm also, as I go away, I'm coming back. If I go away, I'm going to come back and I'm going to receive you. This, this word, like a gift, right? To receive is like take something to yourself. I come back and I receive you to myself. So that where I am... You may be also. I'm going away to prepare a place for you, but if I go away, don't worry. I'm coming back to receive you to myself so that here's the point of it, right? You can see the streets of gold. Oh, it doesn't say that. So that um, every. You you can see the pearly gates so that you can see the people who went before you. It doesn't say any of that. And I'm not I'm not knocking those things. It doesn't say so you won't burn forever, does it? I'm not knocking any of those things. All those are great benefits. I love the fact that I'm not gonna burn forever. That sounds great to me. Hallelujah. Amen. Anybody? Anybody on the I don't want to burn team? Anybody? <laughs> Now, I love the fact that I'm going to see people that go on before me. There are people that are out of this place, and I want to, I want to see them. I'm on that team. I, I don't know about the streets of gold. Like, that sounds cool. I don't, bricks work fine for me. I mean, <laughs> that's not a big deal. And the, and the gates, I don't know. A I don't, I'm not a fan of pearls. They're cool looking, I guess. But, like, I don't know how that works as a gate. They're normally round. Um, but whatever. I mean, he's God. He can do whatever he wants. Um, And all that stuff's cool. I'm not knocking that. But what does he say? I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll come back and receive you to myself. And then here, here's what the point of heaven is, just in case we've missed it somewhere along the way. So that where I am, you may be also. I'm going to get everything ready so we can be together. Is what he's saying. Isn't that crazy? I'm going to get everything ready so we can be together forever. That's what God is saying to these guys. And then through these guys to us. So that we'll never have to be separated. So that the Genesis 3 thing will never happen again. 
so that you're never going to feel the heartache thing again because I'm going to be right there. You don't have to like trust in me. I'm going to be there. You can just see me, right? And, and, and the hurt thing, that's never going to happen again because I'm going I'm to be there with you. All, all those things that, that are horrible here, and I get that moment that it's horrible here. All those things are passing away because all those things are really horrible because I'm not here. But, but I'm not here because I went to prepare a place for you. And, 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 and here's the promise that I make to you. If I go away, I will come back. And I will receive you. I will take you as a gift. I will take you to myself. Here's the headline. Here's the point. So that where I am, you may be also. And that's good. I don't have anything else today. I don't, I don't have anything else for you. I can't offer you any benefits beyond that in heaven. Like, there are cool things there. I'm sure of that. There's going to be amazing things there. The God that made this place obviously has the ability to make something cooler, right? This is like the fallen version of what he made. This is a less than version of what he's made. And one day we're going to move into a more than version of what he's made. And that's amazing. But that is not the point of heaven. And see, the problem is, and this is how I think really we've rebelled against the whole talking about it and the whole like singing about it thing, is we've wrote a bunch of songs about not Jesus, right? And we've heard a bunch of messages about not Jesus, and we fell in love with that. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that great? Like one day we're going to have a mansion over the hilltop? No, you're not. You're going to have a room in the Father's house. If you don't like it, don't go there. But to me, there's an amazing intimacy here in this moment, Right? Jesus is looking at these guys and he's like, here's the whole point. Here's the reason I'm about to die is what he's saying. Because how is he preparing a place? How is he making it? Let's think about it. He's moments away, hours away from the cross. He's about to be crucified, killed. He's about to suffocate on his own blood. He's about to hang for the sins of the world. He's about to be killed for you. And, and here's the moment that he says, and it's fine. I know, I'm intimately aware that those nails will not feel good. I made you, and I made them, and I know those two things aren't supposed to interact. I'm intimately aware what the thorn bush on my head is going to feel like. I know that. I made breath, and I know what it feels like to not have it. But I want you to know the whole reason that I'm about to do that the whole reason that I'm about to go through that, A, is because I trust the plan of God, right? We already did that in the garden. If there's no other way, then I'll do it. But B, because, man, at the end of the day, the most important thing to me is not what heaven looks like or who's in heaven. The most important thing to me is that we get to be together forever. That's what you're created for. Genesis 1 and 2, right? Like you're created to walk with God and to be with God and to know what even the footsteps of God sounded like and then you screwed it up. But here's the amazing thing. I'm coming. I came down to fix that so that we could be together again. And I know it's going to be hard and I know you're going to have to watch all this and I know there's going to be heartache and I know there's going to be struggle and I know it's going to feel like everything's falling apart sometimes and I get that. I really get that and I hate that. But I want you to know while I'm away, I'm making a place for you. So that you, 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 you can move in with me. So that where I am, you may be also. So you can come. And you can dwell. And that's why this image of this bridegroom thing is so important. 
See, the reality of it is we think Jesus is just kind of hanging out in heaven or he's forgot about us or he's just whatever. And he's waiting until all the rooms are full, right? He knows who's going. He knows how many rooms he's made. He knows who's going to be occupying those rooms. And when every one of those people is checked in, bang, right? Jesus is just sitting like on the front of his chair up there in heaven waiting for the Father to say, all right, go get him." He's like an anxious groom awaiting his bride. Nails gripping the chair. Dad, is it time yet? No. What about now? No. And now? No. What about now? No. You've been doing this for 2,000 years, bro. Um, <laughs> can I go now? No. It's not ready. It's not ready. I think it's Second Peter 2. I'll tell you why God's waiting. But the amazing thing about this is what comfort that would bring to the disciples. What was their problem? The beginning of the story was the problem. Jesus said, I'm going away and you can't come. But Jesus, we want to be with you. I'm going away, you can't come. But Jesus, we really want to be with you. We left everything to follow you. We, we, we gave everything to be here right now. What do you mean we can't be with you? See, the reality of it is that the disciples weren't longing for gold in the beginning of chapter 14, were they? Oh, man, I just wish, Jesus, I, I know you're leaving, but can you leave us some streets of gold? They were thinking that. They weren't longing for mansions. It, they were not offended when he said rooms. They weren't longing for pearly gates and they weren't longing to see relatives that are gone. They weren't longing for any of that stuff. They were longing for what? Him. No, you can't leave us. No, you can't go away. I wouldn't even know what to do if you were not here. Like, you are the passion of my heart. You're the desire. You're the thing that I want. Like, I'm not thinking about any of that other stuff. I don't care about the, the, I don't care about the feeding the 5,000. Like, that was cool, but if you'll just stay, you never have to do that again, right? And it was awesome that you were like, hey, come up out of the grave, but if you'll just stay here, you never have to do that again. Hey, I, I love that like, you, you can like, make people that are blind see. I love that. And I love that you can unstop deaf ears. I love that. And I love that you can just say to people that are on the ground, get up and walk, and they'll do that. I love that. But what I want is you. All the, all the things aside, all the tricks aside, all the miracles aside, all that stuff, what I want to be is with you. So I don't know what you're talking about. We can run. We can hide. We can get out of here. I don't even know why you're saying I can't come. But like, I'll, I'll go with you even to death is what Peter says, right? In that moment, there was this intensity. There was, man, I just want to be with you. 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 So how comforting would it be? No, 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 no. Hold on, guys. Trust. Don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and trust in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. I'm, I'm going to the Father's house, but here's the cool thing. There's a room for you, and I'm going to go get the room ready. And when the room is ready, I'm going to come back, and I'm going to receive you to myself so that where I am, you may be also. Forever? Yeah. Every day? Yeah. Really? Yes. Are you sure? Yes, I am. I'm sure. Forever? Yes. Oh, that sounds pretty good to me. And when they heard that, I believe that that was enough. Followed up by the fact that they said... Um, Followed up by the fact that he said these things, uh, Lord, Thomas said, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? 
okay, I'm on board. I'm good now. I'm good. I, I want to be where you are, but how are we going to get there, right? How, how can we know the way? And then he comes right back, and he's like, Jesus told him, I am the way. I, <laughs> I am the way. You don't, you don't have to know the roadmap for the thing. Like, I, I'm the way. So, like, being good, that's the way, right? No, it's not the way. Jesus is the way. So, like, saying the prayer, right? No, that's not the way. The Jesus is the way. So that coming to church, that's the way, right? No, that's not the way. Jesus is the way. So that reading the Bible every day is the way, right? No, that's not the way. Jesus is the way. We make it too complicated, right? The way is everything that makes us feel good about ourselves. when the way really is just one thing. It's Jesus. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he says this, no one comes to the Father except through me. No one comes to the Father. No one comes to the Father's house. You put whatever you want to in there. It doesn't really matter. It all says the same thing, right? No one comes to the Father except through me. So we look at that, and like we said last week, we look at that, and we're like, that's great, but, but I, don't, I don't see a longing for heaven in the church. Why? Why, why is there not a longing for heaven in the church? We're the people on the planet that should long for heaven the most. But really, most of us are like, you know, just as long as we can be here, we want to be here. And then when everything is like done, when I'm 107 years old, I want to go to sleep one day and wake up in heaven. That's how I want to go. Can I, can I just share with you why there's not a longing for heaven in the church? Because I don't believe really there's a longing for Jesus in the church. See, the reality of it is if your desire is to follow Jesus and to be with Jesus and to know Jesus and to have a relationship with Jesus today, to be as close as you can to Jesus today, well, heaven is a beautiful thing. You mean I get to go and be with him? You mean I don't just have to like come in a building and sing songs anymore? Like I love that. But it's nothing compared to being with him. Like, that sounds amazing. You, you mean I don't just have to hear somebody talk about him all the time? Like, I can go and I can see him? That sounds amazing. You mean one day you're telling me, hold on, wait, wait, here's the newsflash. See, we're dead to this because we've been around church forever. But, but, but imagine, like, being the first time you ever heard this. Wait, 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 wait. God created me, he made me, and he made all of this stuff. And you're telling me that one day I can go and be with him? I can be with that guy? Like, you hold up, wait, he, he breathed out the stars, and you're telling me I can see that guy. He loves me so much that I'm, I know I'm worthless. Like, he loves me so much that he died for me, and you're telling me I can go and be with that guy? Well, heck, yeah. Yeah, I will. When? When, when can we go? When is the bus coming? Like, when, when can we get out of here? See, the reality of it is we're dead to that in the church today. Because we've bought into the law that the way is, right? Uh, I'm a good person. So in heaven, it's going to be great. I'm just going to have to follow more rules. Or I've got to come to church. So in heaven, it's going to be great. It's going to be church forever. It's awesome. Singing and preaching. Eternity. I thought we had to stand a long time right now. So really, all we end up looking forward to is not burning. How long have we got it? So I just want to ask you this. Um, do you long for heaven? 
And can I just say, if you don't, it's not because you don't know enough about heaven. Man, if you could just tell me what the houses will look like, maybe then. If more of my family goes, maybe then. If you could tell me what the AC will be set to, maybe then. No, it's never, never going to be enough. I could, Jesus could beam us a picture and it wouldn't be enough. He could tell us the percentage carrot the gold streets are and it would never be enough. Because heaven was never about any of that stuff. Oh, it's going to be beautiful. We're not going to notice because God is beautiful. It's going to be amazing that there are going to be people there. But there's only one person, really, that we're going to care that's there. It's going to be, there are going to be songs that haven't even hit the radio yet that are sung there, right? You're not going to care. Even if all they sing for all eternity as you stand there is, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. It's not going to make a difference to you. Just on repeat forever. Because the goal of heaven has never been any of those things. The goal of heaven has always been him. And if you don't long for heaven today, I would challenge you and I would ask you, do you long for Jesus today? Or do you long for something else? If Jesus is not enough today, then I don't know that A, you've seen him. Or that B, you're really following him. I'm not saying you're lost. I'm just saying maybe you don't know anything about him and you need to fix that. Jesus broke my heart when I was 21 years old because I, I prayed this prayer over and over again for three years. God, if I'm not saved, save me. And he, he told me three years later after I'd dealt with it for a while, oh, you're saved. You just don't know anything about me. And if you died today, you'd spend eternity with somebody you don't know anything about. No wonder you don't worship. Because Jesus isn't enough during the song because he's not enough in your life. No wonder you don't weep. Jesus wasn't enough Monday. Why would he be enough Sunday? And B to that would be that end part, right? Man, heaven sounds great. I love the fact that I can spend eternity with the one who died for me, whatever that means. I like that I have that opportunity. I love the fact that that I can go be with the one who created everything and that he apparently loves me. That sounds amazing, um, but I don't know how to get there. To which we normally feel with, let me clean up my life and then I'll say some prayer. Or let me get everything fixed on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then I'll, I'll give my life to Jesus. And he says, that's not actually any part of the formula. Thomas himself says, Jesus, we don't know where you're going. How are we going to get there? And he says back, I am the way. It's not complicated. It's actually easy. John 3.16 is like the simplest version of the gospel, right? It's like in one verse. They put it all in there just in case we tried to make it too hard. Like all of it slammed into one verse. Is For God so loved the world, that's you. He gave a gift. His one and only son, the precious one-of-a-kind Jesus. So that whosoever, there you are again, right, would believe in him. There it is. 
And not just that word believe like, oh, it's a knowledge thing, but trust. Follow, chase, pursue, desire, be satisfied in. In a way that affects more than an amen, but actually affects your life. That whosoever would believe in him should not perish, will not perish, will not die. But have life forever in my Father's house where there are many rooms. Where I've went to prepare a place, but I'm coming back to receive you, right? Because where I am, I really want you to be. Let's pray.